check, check, check. Sometimes times are good, sometimes times are bad. Sometimes we wish we had more than what we had. Sometimes it's just gotta be glad. Hello. Can you hear me? I can. I can hear you. I'm getting a message. Hold on. Because, okay, I'm holding. Well. All right. I have to quit Skype and call you back. Okay. All right. I'll be here. was call recorder needs to be reinstalled to work with this version of Skype. Okay. Nothing on my end. No. I have this my audio setup set up the way I wanted it to be in the very beginning. Like years 6 years ago, 7 years ago when I got my new uh audio interface okay. that I use. Yeah. So you know, my microphone that I record with goes through, well, it goes through a series of devices, but second to last in the chain is this audio interface that then plugs into the computer. Right. Which is where I record my audio most of the time now. Okay. Um, unless it's an episode of Sticks and Scones, when which is essentially a remote. Right. Then I use the recorder because I can just take it with me. But for this, like, yeah, I just line everything in, and then I record directly into my recording software. <sighs> However, when I first started doing this, there was no way on God's green earth I could get the headphone, the headphones to work. In other words, I couldn't use the audio interface as a way to, to communicate with you via Skype and to record myself internally. Gotcha. Yes. And now I just tried it again just for shits and giggles, and it worked. Perfect. Well, I was going to say, your audio is in my headphones right now, like, smooth as silk. Yeah, that's what it should be. Yeah. Which is why it was such a bummer that it it wouldn't work. So what I would have to do before was just plug, like, a pair of headphones into my computer, directly into my computer, headphones that had a mic. Yes. yeah, so then I was using those to communicate with you, and Call Recorder would reco- would record that audio, but then I'd be recording separately to my recording software, and it was just, like, too much. Right. And I just, this is better. Now it's just all contained. Yeah. That's I don't know, I don't know what happened. Uh, Skype updated something, and then it would work, like. Yeah, I don't know idea. I don't know if it would be a Skype issue. It sounds more like an operating system level or something. No idea, man. But I don't know. It recognizes the device. It works in every other capacity, but just it wouldn't do it via Skype. Now, my daughter, you might know her. Her name is Jules. is a honey mustard sauce person for, for nugs. Okay. My daughter is as well. Honey mustard. This honey must mustard. be the youth's. What the youths like. Yeah. Honey mustard. I, I, I like honey mustard, but there's something like about it. it. Like after one or two nug dips in honey mustard, it's like overpowering to me. There's something in there. I don't know if it's the honey or the mustard. I think it's like the combo. It's just there's something that isn't quite right for me. Like, yeah, like I just can't take too much of it. It's like it, it like overpowers my my brain somehow. I'm just like, yeah, I don't want any more of that. 
It's Here's too, what it, too yes. much. Here's what I think it is, because I agree with you. There's something about it. I think that either instead of or in addition to actual, quote unquote, real honey, they probably use some sort of like more shelf stable sweetener right. or something so mm-hmm. it doesn't separate because that sauce is rock solid, consistent yes. consistency always. And I think there's an artificialness to it that uh, they don't quite have nailed down yet. I didn't have that issue with the hot mustard. I loved their hot mustard. You're that talking no about uh, McDonald's now. Yeah, it was no yeah. substitute for barbecue, but here and there. I'm a sweet and sour. We've talked about this before. I'm a sweet yeah, and sour. No, I, I can't get away from it. Every once in a while, right. I try barbecue, and I'm like, yeah, that's okay. But I why see why I? the McDonald's barbecue is a sensation. But you do? Why is that? Because it there is it has that certain je ne sais quoi that kind of like it's barbecue sauce, but it has this kind of like I don't know. It doesn't taste like other barbecue sauce, and it is like a if barbecue sauce was like a candy, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like it is. I see why this is a thing that people would like or just be like, yes, McDonald's barbecue sauce. It just hits right. Nothing else quite hits like that, even though it's like not something that is, you know, it's this mass produced, sure, sickly flavored, sickly sweet <laughs> barbecue yes. kind of like, you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. yeah. the same way, you know, you might be like, well, Count Chocula, that's just, you know, some days you just, I need Count Chocula for breakfast, man. Paradox, you know, like, right. It's, it's not, you're not being sophisticated. You're not having... You know, avocado toast with asparagus on the side or something. Right, right. It's Count Chocula, but sometimes you you crave that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. but I'm not not too all up in the clouds about food like that, you know? Yeah. You like what you like, man. Yeah, but yeah. Nugs, sweet and sour sauce all the way. I don't know. Nothing else. (sighs) Huh. I don't know why that is. I've been that way my whole life. I know. And I can get behind some... Sweet and sour chicken, you know, you know the Americanized, yeah, you know Chinese takeout sweet and sour chicken, yeah, delicious. But, I didn't used to like it. Yeah, I'd be like, why are you pouring like sh- sugar syrup, artificially reddish right. sugar syrup all over your fucking chicken? Yeah, I'm, this is I'm almost like a nug, that. and now you're pouring like honey syrups on it. Yes, no, yeah, no Chinese restaurant takeout sweet and sour chicken. I'm not a big fan of. Well, that's there you go. And I am. So. I feel like the sweet and sour sauce at McDonald's, while it bears the same name, has no relation to that. None. It's a different everything. It's a strange Venn diagram we're creating here. <laughs> it really is. Now, I will to, say. To try to, I'll try to suss it out and make a illustration. Maybe we can share it. I'll add a little nuance to what I said. Because while I said I'm not a big fan of that sweet and sour chicken. I would say in the last like two years, I have warmed up to it. Your tastes change. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? This is pretty good. Take that greasy, take that super greasy nug and just drown it in that red sauce. The sweetness cuts through some of that fat. Yeah. And have a taste of that. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty good. I never, I don't know that I'd ever like choose to order it over like. General So's or Kung Pao or... Which General So's isn't too far off. It's not, but it's somehow very different, though. General it is. So- it is. Sweet and Sour <laughs> Chicken has that really thick breading that's crispy on the outside. It's soggy on the inside. Like, it's... It seems to be prepared differently. It is. General So's is like... It's just deep fried. Let's face it. That's some deep fried shit right there. So it's craggy. And yeah. the sweet and sour chicken is completely smooth on the outside. Yeah. yeah. And on the inside, it's different. Sweet and sour chicken oh, yeah. is like a big thing of dough with this little tiny piece of chicken in the middle. Well. It, at least maybe, when I get it. Maybe you're getting it from the wrong place, man. I mean, I relatively know, speaking. You will it, have. It has there way will be more disappointing, dough. There will be disappointing chunks in in an order of general so's that it's like you keep chewing on this one chunk and you're chewing and you're chewing you keep waiting for the little hit of chicken and sometimes it never even comes at all that's like oh i just ate a big dough 
craggy dough ball. That's a bummer. But for the most part, the chicken's there, man. See, that doesn't happen with me with General So's chicken, generally. General So's chicken, <laughs> in my mind, is mostly chicken with a light coating of dough. Well, yeah, right. that's what I'm saying. But occasionally you'll get yeah. just, oops, we dropped a chunk of batter in. But, yeah, sure, that could happen. And it made happen. it into the dish, and it's like, oh, there's no chicken in there. But the sweet you're, you're saying sweet and sour chicken just has a tiny, hard-to-find nugget well, of it ha- chicken in there. To be honest, okay, going to clarify again. Neither of these, which I find to be true when I have these dishes, but I'm really I'm thinking listening. more of sweet and sour pork than oh. sweet and sour chicken. Okay. But sweet and sour chicken is similar. Sweet and sour chicken, for whatever reason, does seem to have more meat in it than sweet and sour pork. Like, sweet and sour pork, in my mind, usually has this, you know, one of those little tiny pork nuggets. Like, like what, that you like get round? in the lo mein or something. Or strips. Yeah, like a little strip. It's, it it okay. was like a somewhat thicker strip, but then cut into pieces so it's they're more like little cubes but they're tiny little cubes huh and that probably has like three times the amount of breading than there is the pork the the sweet and sour chicken is more like one to one ratio but like general so's chicken i feel is like 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 maybe like two to one chicken quarter breading yeah or even more like one to four yeah it's just like it's mostly chicken with a breading on it that's why it's great. Yeah, that is why it's great. Now, I don't think we've ever ordered sweet and sour pork. This household isn't, no, myself excluded, this household isn't a big pork household. Mm-hmm. We've ordered sweet and sour shrimp on occasion, just for fun. Yeah. Just to try it, and it's like, wish we would have ordered the sweet and sour chicken, but that's all right. We tried something. But I don't think we've ever ordered sweet and sour pork. Sweet and sour pork, when I was younger, like when I still lived with my parents and we'd get Chinese takeout, that was a staple for whatever That was reason. a staple, huh? I didn't really have any say in it. it. You know, it was just like, we're ordering Chinese food. And like, you know, for, however right. it got sorted out, like we'd generally always get the same thing, which was like sweet and sour <laughs> pork, right. pork lo mein, um... I don't even know what else. I think that might actually be it. Just a bunch of that. Egg rolls? Um, yeah, egg rolls. Uh, wonton soup, maybe. Hmm. I'm trying to remember back then what it was like. And that's when yeah, I was really yeah. introduced. Like, I was not introduced to Chinese food probably till I was, like, in high school. Oh, me too. Like, Cause I, it, I probably had it a couple of times, but, like, we lived in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Like... Yeah. yeah. I think Chinese food was nowhere near as ubiquitous as it is now. Absolutely not. Especially where we lived. We, there were a couple of places we could get it. And I remember I probably had it a handful of times by the time I graduated high school. Five, six times, maybe. Maybe more than that. But mm-hmm. usually we would go and sit somewhere and it'd be a buffet or something. It's like, ooh, there's a Chinese buffet that opened yeah. up. Like takeout? Jeez. Rare. Rare. Now, our staples are sort of like, well, you just get one for the table kind of thing is, after I just said we're not generally a pork household, is roast pork lo mein and general so's. So you just get those two, just order them. Oh, and at least one order of steamed dumplings. Oh, yeah. There you go. So you got those three, and then it's like, do we want anything else? If so, order something. And I usually get the spare ribs a couple egg rolls and then i'll try something that i would never in a million years want to order you mean just as an exercise for yourself yes Mm -hmm. so like um sea bass with sour mustard yeah does that come with like the the head and everything that's what i'm picturing right now um i maybe if you order it in the restaurant okay but i think if you get takeout it doesn't which was delicious. That was a revelation. Like, holy fuck, like your scrambled eggs and tomatoes. <laughs> right. It doesn't sound good on paper, but. Yeah. I mean, it shit, sounds yeah. fine because like scrambled egg and ketchup, people like that. I don't like that. I don't like it either. But people like it. But. Yeah, people it's, like it. It's beyond that. They, it's like the seasoning, you know, like lo mein. You could say, well, it's like spaghetti. 
noodles, <laughs> right. right? Like it's it's not this scram. Like it, that's what it's like. Like it, it's what I feel like you're picturing. You're just picturing scrambled eggs. No, like they give it this infused umami flavor mm-hmm. that was just a, again to use your word a revelation. And that's is that's sort of like is that Cantonese influenced? I really don't know. Yeah, we shouldn't even try. We shouldn't even try. The person that introduced it to me was mm-hmm. Taiwanese. Okay. Because oh, okay. he was like, like, I've always seen people ordering that in Chinese restaurants around here. And usually they right. are people that, you know, are. Don't look um, like you. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> we have a lot of international students, international mm-hmm. faculty here. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's usually, you know, I would say the international crowd ordering it. And then, you know, again, I have a friend, Taiwanese, and he's like, I don't even know how it came up. He's just like, you have to have this. Like, I'm going to order it and you you were going to share it and you are going to discover that it's one of the best things there is. And I'm like, <laughs> OK, I don't know. OK, buddy. Like, I, I, but, I, you know, I was well aware of it because I see lots of people ordering. And I was always like. That's an interesting choice for lunch. Just some scrambled eggs and tomatoes. Right. Big Good plate of it. Good for you eating some scrambled eggs and tomatoes. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. But not good for me. Right. But I I was I was Do you have any like, General Tso's chicken back there? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but you know, there it was. It was it was freaking delicious. Oh fuck. That's funny. Enough of that. Um Speaking of umami, how about the end of Take Shelter? Do you want to yes. do some revisiting on that? I think we should revisit that. All right. Because um, I, I feel like I kind of had my say about what I thought happened there, and you disagreed, and I feel like you should begin then. Okay. Well, you know, we've done some research. Right. We've read up on some of the interpretations of this movie. And we've revisited the last scene right. on YouTube. And I watched yes, it several times. Yes. Th- there is a tsunami wave approaching. Well, not just a tsunami, but like tornadoes, storm clouds, and tsunami. Yeah. Like it's a storm. A fucking storm. is not just the wave. Because it could be the most beautiful day you've ever seen in your life. And then you get fucking washed away. Like the... Christmas one from 2004, 2005. Yeah. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. And then, oops, horror. Yeah. yeah. But this is like, there is a fucking storm coming. Yeah. Well, the ones from the beautiful day, that's like there's an earthquake in the ocean or something. Right. It sends that right. out. So it has amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's this what I'm saying. Like this one storm. includes a fucking storm because that's yeah. what he's saying throughout the movie is like, don't you people get it? There's a fucking storm coming. <laughs> And it's right. always these details because, yeah, there did end up being a storm coming. He was fucking right. But it wasn't quite exactly in the way that he thought it would be. You, you never get it. You try to predict the future, but you never get it quite yeah. right. Well, and and the little one-tenth of a percent that you're wrong ends up being your undoing. And the oily rain does fall on her hand also. It does. It does. Which that is, it's just, that's oil. That's engine oil. Yeah. Because I was trying to come up with like, what is that? Yeah, it's just, that's what engine oil looks like. Not yeah. gasoline, really. It's engine oil. Yeah, gasoline's more runny. Yeah, it's clear. But this much. is a little more, yeah, I guess you're right. You know, you're right, yeah. Yeah, it's just engine. In fact, they yeah. probably used engine oil. Yeah, could have been. Or they just tinted some canola oil with a little yellow food dye or something. I don't know. But yeah, that's what you get your 10W30 or something. That's what it looks like. Now, why is that? Did the storm, like, destroy all the oil rigs out in the Gulf of Mexico or something and, like, took them up into the clouds? Now it's raining down Well, if it is tornado in the water. Man's grievances against the earth? It could be. I mean, I'm still going to choose to interpret this as a metaphorical ending, not a yes, literal ending. you can have a metaphorical ending, but there can be pieces of reality in it right. too like in the dream world what's the logic for the oil but i don't think there is logic i think it's dream logic i just gave you some logic sure this incredible like earth ending storm has like 
swept up these floating oil rigs out in the Gulf, and now it's just a maelstrom of like wind, rain, hail, oil, you know? Well, I think the question is like, could that really happen or not, right? And I Who don't cares? Know. Who cares is what I'm saying. So there, we agree. We agree on that, but there can. St- it's nice if you're able to be like, what if that's a, and then you can do some conjecture, you know, why do people tune into this show for insight, commentary and conjecture? Yeah. There's some conjecture and you can have a little bit of that. Yeah. If it was, if it was like, you know, raining toads, like in Magnolia, well, although the first part of that movie does say there are ways that these insane things can happen. Yeah. But, you know, if it was something completely beyond the realm of possibility, like well, little, uh, little you... space space helmeted aliens dancing around like half inch tall, like Lartese size dancing around yeah. for each one of those splots of engine oil instead was these little one inch <laughs> right. tall. That would be like, well, that's that took a weird turn. Yes, but it still could be an explanation. Right, like it's totally possible that little people evolved on some other planet and they traveled here in a spaceship. Yes, and they're parachuting the down that. from their tiny spacecraft onto the ground. Yes, but it's orders of magnitude away from the reality that the movie has created yes. up to that point. True, and I I would argue that having the the storm catch up all of this like human devastation that's being wrought upon the earth and then rain it back down on the humans in a one last little sick twist of irony is closer to the reality that the film has established. I would say it's closer to our reality and the film takes place in our reality. I, Are we splitting hairs here? What's well, I think all, well, I guess I'm just going back to the fact this was a dream or something. What was the entire ending scene? That ending uh, with the storm, or it was either a dream, or it was only in his mind. And Jessica Chastain wasn't like when she says like "okay" because that's how it ends. She just says to him "okay," I cut the block. Yeah. Uh huh. Like maybe she's not seeing it. She sees a regular storm. He sees this other thing, and she's just like, "Okay, like I get it. You're freaked out." Like, she we're sees get the oil on her goddamn hand. Or the whole thing is a dream in his mind. And the child looks out at the ocean like, "What the fuck?" Well, throughout the movie, you had dream sequences that were the family is in them, right? But they're not really there. Is the wife in them? She is in one of them. Where okay. she's standing in the kitchen with a knife looking like horrific. There's also the receding tide line, you know, because the first wave of the tsunami is essentially sucking all the water out. And we see that from her perspective. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know why you're trying so hard to make this into a dream. Because do you, something do you, think you that's said a earlier movie? is the key. Do you think that's a cooler movie? I don't Did know it if it's actually a, coming true. Is that how you would have made the movie? I don't think the movie. I think the reality established by the movie is that this, like, he is not precognitive about this storm, and so I disagree. But it's all right. still, it's still um, just like you said before. It's far away from the reality established by the movie. I figure. I feel that that being an actual storm is far away from the reality established by the movie. I mean, granted, just like anything, there's points in both columns, right? Without a doubt. Um, We we had this conversation about, (laughs) like, do you think the movie is trying to, like, establish the sense of, is he crazy or is he right about this? We agreed that, yes, they are definitely... That's kind of what this movie is. Is he just crazy? Well, crazy. We shouldn't. Is he just having these hallucinations in his head or like, are they premonitions? And is, is he precognitive? And he's predicting that this is actually going to happen. And I was like, God, I, I think, I hope, I kind of hope he's right. 
Uh, it's like watching a car wreck. I really want to see it all get fucking blown to pieces. And for him to be validated, vindicated. And I don't know if you came down on one side or the other, but you did agree that that's what the movie was trying to do. Like, did I? Get you to question, I think so, get you to question whether or not he's, you know, these are actual premonitions. I feel I was... Did you listen back to the episode? I didn't listen I back. I did. Okay. So, I'm still not 100% certain, but I'm about 90%. I mean, I felt that watching the movie, but I felt like I wasn't supposed to be thinking that. I was viewing the film in the wrong frame of mind. I don't think so. That it's what how else would you interpret the film? Just straight up he is a person having um, you know, mental health issues. Mr. Metaphor all of a sudden is like, this movie is just straight up, he's having mental health issues. Well, when I say metaphor, Mr. Me- is at this, the wait, end, is this an episode of Mr. Metaphor? I think it might be. <laughs> God. Come on, Mr. Metaphor. What are you doing? And now it's like, no, it's just a straightforward film about a person with mental health issues. Excuse me? Well, I, I, when I say, at, I guess when I, let me recover, when I say metaphorical, it's probably the wrong word. Well, no, it is the right word that it's a metaphor, but it's a metaphor in a dream, right? And that's where metaphors really come to shine in our dreams, right? I don't know. I think they come to shine in uh, great literature also. Uh, that is true. Silas Mariner. <laughs> I had to read that in 10th grade. I remember yeah. the metaphors. How I remember they? learning. Is that when you became Mr. Metaphor? Could be. You went home. No, I was a Mr. Metaphor way before that. Ripped open your shirt, and it's like, what's this giant M on my chest? And you had to hide your identity from all of your classmates as you sat out on the With It Rock, thinking your metaphors. <laughs> it was a block of concrete, <laughs> not a rock. Okay. Come on, Mr. Metaphor. It's rock. Oh, it's true. It's a metaphor for the stability that I gained. You know, the rock-like certainty of the metaphors. See, you've got to get back to that childlike sense of wonder. You're losing it. I'm glad we're having this conversation. Yeah. I I I still don't understand your take. Like, they didn't intend for this to be a question at all. Is now what you're changing it to? The ending scene? The whole yes. film. No, the whole film is real. I mean, there's parts of the film that are dreams, obviously. Yes, because he wakes up from them. Yes. The is end- he mentally ill or is he having actual premonitions? You don't think that's a part of the whole film intentionally. And we're getting back to this intentionality. We're getting again. back to intentionality. And how intentions can mismatch the audience's reaction. But I think in this case their intentions are matching at least my reaction perfectly. I it's like, think that they won't know if this is like just mental health issues rearing its ugly head or if he's actually having premonitions and a storm is coming. I think they won't the, know the movie takes place in our universe where premonitions like that are not real. Well, I guess that's you. something we can argue if premonitions are real or not. But uh, I you think can argue anything. Any confusion me. we have what about is it? is it real or not is because that main character is having that confusion, and the With filmmaker metaphors. is putting us in his shoes. There are ways, dude. I mean, you want an argument? I'll get you an argument. Hmm. So what's the difference then? Because he's questioning it. Am I? having mental health problems oh he's got mental health problems or am i having premonitions so we're in his shoes fine it's still a question of whether it's real or not how does camera relate to story yeah what is art except that (laughs) while we're put in his confused shoes and maybe that's all the ending is is to leave us with that sense of confusion that he is going to maybe struggle with his whole life and that's why it's in there. Did you watch The Sopranos? No, I never watched The Sopranos. God damn it. I'm aware of the final scene, though. Okay. Ambiguous. Yes. No, I'm without a doubt, there's ambiguity in this scene. 
And and I guess I'm trying to understand what does the ambiguity, what is the ambiguity ultimately, and what does the ambiguity signify? If that, I don't know if that's the right word or not, but I mean, I think it signifies what we've been talking about now for the last 15 minutes. Was premonitions real or not? Is anyone else experiencing these visions? Are they just visions, or is there a tsunami approaching that's about to wipe them off the face of the earth? Not really wipe them, wipe them across the face of the earth, I guess. Not off of it. If the now, movie if you, ends with, oh, surprise, these, there really is a storm. Yeah. I really wonder about the rest of the movie then. Why? Because they went through such a pain to show like this character struggling with these issues and then ultimately make peace and like. You know, his marriage falling apart, but then ultimately the work that goes into, like, kind of saving the marriage by both of them, even though he has the issues. And then at the end, just say, oh, wait, he doesn't have issues. There really is a storm. He's just so superhuman. It's a weird oh, Wait, what do you mean superhuman? Because he well, had premonitions? Premonitions are superhuman in my book. Fine. fine. Maybe they're not. Pre- yes, I agree. Maybe they're not premonitions. Maybe he's just thinking all the bad things that could possibly happen. I play this game with myself and he constantly. Just, by like a weird chance, happened to be right. Like yeah, yeah. You're you're wrong most of the time. So you know? he was you, wrong throughout the entire movie. So he's worried about a storm due to his, you know, psychological issues. His paranoia. But then just by coincidence, there is actually does happen to be a storm. If you think something's going to happen and you, you predict something's going to happen, like I predict a tornado is going to touch down in the Midwest sometime within the next year. Well, you're going to be right. You could say I could predict a tornado is going to touch down sometime in the Midwest today. You'll be wrong. Do it again tomorrow. You'll be wrong. Eventually, you're going to be right. That's what he's doing. It's yeah. like there's going to be a bad storm. And of course it comes true. You only have to be right once. Right. You know? But, but this is beyond just a bad storm. This is a tsunami with tornadoes and oil wor- draining from the sky. <laughs> it's like worse he saw than in he his even dream. thought. Yeah, it's even worse. Well, he saw the oil and now there's oil. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's not just he said, oh, there'll be a storm and then there's a storm. He saw oil falling onto him onto his hand and then later they show the oil falling onto the wife's hand right that was one part he got right and tornadoes you yes. know but he just didn't uh, account for all it's that one little bit you don't account for that gets you i can't tell if mr metaphor wants this to be a metaphor or, or wants it to be realistic you know there's also the because th- you know you play the horrible game where it's like all right you know maybe you're feeling a little down you lost a little money you know, maybe you got a rash, man. Can't worry about that shit. Life goes on. But okay, you lost a little money. You you got a rash, but then keep going with it. Oh, you didn't lose a little. You lost all your money and like your entire family's money and all your friends. You lost all of their money too. You didn't have a rash. You had to have your leg amputated. Um, you know, you get into a car accident. People are dead. Um, and you keep going and going with it. Just make make it more and more horrible. Do it for about 20 minutes until you, you really get down into the nitty gritty of like just the worst things that could happen. And then when you come back out of it, you know, s- snap back out of it, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Only like one of those things happened. I lost a little money. Right. That's not so bad. You know, it, it puts it all right in perspective for you. So we got the oil and the tornadoes. That actually turned out to be true. But so maybe he's just playing the horrible game and it's like, right. oh, it's a tsunami. Well, the other weird stuff didn't happen, like birds attacking him and no weird and like, faceless people cults, banging on the windows yeah. of his car and shit. Your uh, yeah. furniture flying, like, you know, just floating well, in your house. Tsunami probably got the house if it's that big and that is floating now. Yeah. Um, God damn it. <laughs> that was good. Were you trying to sound like Michael Shannon? I I wasn't. I guess I'm just channeling him subconsciously. It sounded like him. It did. Weird. I, now yeah. that he's pointed out, I, 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 it did. Yeah. He's got that sound. Mm-hmm. He has Maybe great t- sounds, that guy, I will say. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's got, uh, and he's good with, um, well, I don't want to, whatever. <laughs> watch The Shape of Water eventually. Yeah, I'll watch that eventually. I will. Just put it on. It doesn't have to be at the top. Just put it on there. It's in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, w- one more thing about uh, mismatching your intentions to the audience's reaction is there's a great example of this in uh, the Netflix series. I think it's just called Movies. Can we talk about this? You know this? No, I don't think so. There, And I didn't realize it was a series. My wife, you might know her name's Leslie, put it on. I was like cooking dinner or something, and it's like this documentary about Back to the Future. I'm like, this is cool. I haven't seen a lot of this shit Mm -hmm. before. Like, I'm learning new shit left and right. It's great, and it's really well done. It's like, it's kind of bouncy, and it's got a sense of humor to it, and the narrator making little jokes and tricking you here, and it's just fun. It's a fun little, like, 45 to an hour minute long romp all about the... Back, back to the Future, making of, first one. Anyway, the show is great, and they do it for, like, a whole series of movies. So, awesome. We watched the uh, Pretty Woman one, too. It's pretty great. Okay. Anyway, Eric Stoltz is cast as Marty McFly yes. first. You know, we, we know that. We know that. And then, but, like, the two Bobs, Zemeckis and... Uh, Gale or whatever the other one the writer okay they didn't they didn't want him they wanted Michael J. Fox obviously yeah but the studio head or whoever was like Eric Stoltz is great he just got done with Mask and he was awesome in that he can pull it off he's gonna be great just go with Eric Stoltz if you shoot this movie and he's not great you know I'll let you reshoot the whole film if you have to if, if everybody's like he's no, not right right they're like okay because they had enough concessions already it's like they couldn't make that one happen and like you know michael j fox was the man on family ties basically had a contract and yeah you know he it would have he would have had to take a hiatus from that to do the film so there's a lot of things that couldn't happen anyway eric stoltz is cast in the film and like pretty much right away they knew it wasn't working they shot for six weeks with him yeah like bulk of the series dude um and then finally they like had enough to maybe not put a cut of the whole film together but a significant enough portion or something mm-hmm. they watch it and it's just like everyone is just like this is not working right. it's not the right movie it's not like he's a bad actor or anything it's just this is not this doesn't fit and even the studio head was like you know what you're right you can have uh you can have mike so they had to <laughs> shoot six, six fucking weeks worth, which was kind of great because now they knew exactly what to do. They just had to do it again. Yeah, maybe that helped them because they're like, okay, yeah, they go had around. a we whole can do rehearsal. It even better. Yep. But sometimes reason, that works. Sometimes it doesn't. The reason it didn't work with Stoltz, though, is because, and maybe this is a symptom of <laughs> coming off of filming Mask. You know, the the one where he's got the horrible deformity, physical deformity or something. I've never seen the movie, but it's oh, like... I've seen it many times. All right. So heart-wrenching drama about a guy with... N- nobody wants to look at him gets made fun of because of his elephant man-esque physical yeah. appearance or something. Whatever. Heart-wrenching. So Stoltz, like... They're, sh- they're shooting the ending scene. Like, they even shot that where Doc Brown comes back. Or no, Marty wakes up finally, and he's corrected all the wrongs, and, like, his dad's the successful author now. Dave is in a suit and tie going to work. Everything's good. The order has been restored, and then some. Everything's just great. You know, and everybody's like, this is awesome. And then Eric Stoltz is practically crying, like, this movie is so sad. This poor guy wakes up and he doesn't know any of these people. All of their lives. He doesn't know anything that's happened. <laughs> Everybody's just fucking looking at him like, bro, I think you're overthinking. This, yeah, you're taking it. Man. This movie doesn't work on that plane. That's right. like a reality <laughs> of it. Sure. Right. Okay. Maybe. Right. Uh, this is not that, sir. 
and they were just like oh, fuck man and he was bringing that sort of energy to like every scene yeah it's like, like the the horror the the horrific psychological trauma if you actually traveled through time right. not and just like the happy go lucky like right kind and of fun and your mom wants to fuck you and stuff and it's yeah. just yeah uh, how scarring that would be and he's he's bringing all of that it's like hey man <laughs> no <laughs> you're wearing a puffy red vest thing and people make fun of you that's this movie okay anyway talk about mismatching yeah uh, filmmakers intentions it can happen even with the actors right yeah although i man kind of want to see that movie though yeah i mean i've seen little clips of it there's probably clips of it in that documentary i imagine there are there are because yeah, you can see like i the clip i remember i've seen a couple times is where he's in the like the diner and he's asking for a tab and all that stuff so sad none of the beverages that he's <laughs> right. aware of man <laughs> think about the simplest things in life you can't order a beverage and they but they even did that was the point about the mismatching intentions though but they even like shooting for six weeks and then reshooting simple things like they had stoltz dressed kind of like so he would fit in in the 50s too Mm -hmm. and then when they went back and reshot it's like no duh he's got to look completely ridiculous to everyone yeah he's got to be like quintessential 80s looking and this is the 50s although if i went back to 1991 right now wearing jeans and a black t-shirt would i look that ridiculous Probably not. You'd have to like, yeah. Now, granted, what I'm is... not a, the bastion of like <laughs> style or anything, mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm trying to think what is like things that might be common and normal for people to wear now that would look really weird. Well, here's the fucking thing. Okay, like Jules and her friends are like 19, right? Yeah. That that's about right. Yeah. For Marty McFly, they're wearing like ripped jeans, sneakers, kicks, whatever you want to mm -hmm. call them. Mm -hmm. And like ba baggy flannels and or tight tank tops. Yeah, pretty similar. <laughs> now, granted, I think like it would still look different, but it wouldn't be like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, I think hair is the big difference. Hair. I yeah. think it would work more the other way. Like if someone because like I look back at pictures from the 90s or yeah, like hair my yearbook, maybe you know, from high school. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, how the fuck did people like, they actually did this to like their hair and walked around. Mostly the women, like mainly the women. Well, I mean, guys just don't have any sense of style. It's just the same. It's just like the hair falls on your head as it is. And walk around. the super with it guys did look ridiculous. Yeah. But like my hair, it's like, I didn't do anything with it. it just kind of sat there. It was short. Right. All right. <laughs> Now it just sits there and it's long. But yeah. Yeah, the hair would be the, the giveaway. Like the bangs that are teased, like Christ. straight up. Straight up. In Literally like 12 inches in the, in the air. If you could get it that far, you were lucky. Yeah. It's like, that's interesting. Like, yeah, that would look really out of place now. But it was just common back then. Everyone looked that way. And we didn't, I didn't think twice about it. I mean, I guess it's hard mentally to put yourself back then to see how alien things would look now. It is. Well, and plus, I think we have an issue. Psycholog like, when I try to think back, like, you know, and I think I've talked about this before, but, you know, like, smartphones are just so ubiquitous now and such a huge part of our life, and we spend hours a day on them. Everyone has one. Yeah. Like, I try to imagine, like, think back to, like, oh, well, it's like 2003, you know, here I am walking around like, or, or better yet, nineties, like late nineties, I'm in college, you know, you're in college. We have friends, right? We'd hang out together all the time. How did we even make that happen? How did Not we make sure. it happen? We didn't have his fault. Like, I don't understand. Right. Like don't, in my brain, we had phones back then. Right. 
Like, like the way, like that is some kind of human behavior that I'm unable to kind of like the way, you know, when you, and maybe you'll, you can tell me if this is just crazy or not, but like, I'll you be know, sure to, I picture people kind of just looking like if I were like, remember people, let's say from 20 years ago. Uh -huh. Like they look like they do now in my brain. Yes. You're talking about people, you know, personally. Yes. Like yes. if I'm going to say, okay, sure. I'm going to go hang out with Adam. It's now the year 1999. Right. I just see you as you are now, as you were then. Like there's no big difference. Even though if we look picture to picture, let's put two side by sides, Adam 2000, Adam 2021. Like you, there's a difference there. There is a different. You just have to add about ninety pounds onto me. But even, <laughs> yeah. But even actually, let's even go further back. Weirdly, like eighth grader, eighth grader. Uh huh. Like <laughs> I just see like contemporaries of myself in my brain. Like that's how my yes. brain has crystallized these memories. Not like a literal photographic visual record. When I picture Mister Metaphor sitting upon his concrete rock of assurance. I do mostly, I, I picture sort of, and it's not like you said, it's not specific concrete rock details of assurance that I see, but yeah. it's some sort of amalgam of that picture of you at the bottom of one, two, three high street stairs right? and you now right. some blend of that. But in Even reality, I, I look like, didn't I like looked like that. me at the pledge drive, <laughs> right? but but yeah, are you seeing me now? Like I, I think you like you know I'd imagine something like me now, but like put on like a wig of hair on top of my head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like like, like if they said, okay, Brad, in the, this episode you're gonna have to play you in junior high, so we're gonna put this wig on you. Here's a flannel shirt. <laughs> now you're playing a 14 year old Brad. Okay. Well, like that's what's in our brains. There's one way to slap our brains out of that mistaken remembrance and uh i'll tell you what um <laughs> well i was gonna say i'm holding it in my hand diane 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 you're holding in your hand a small box of chocolate bunnies uh no stand by standing by okay <clears throat> Mr. Metaf I wonder if you heard that. Could you hear that? I, I can hear you right now, like rummaging. It sounds like a well, desk drawer or something. It, close. I'm going to put the microphone closer, and you tell me okay. if you recognize the sound. Mr. Metaphor, listen to the sounds. Did you recognize the sound? I mean, <laughs> I, I can't say what it is, but I feel like I should know what it is. It sounds like a, I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. Okay, well, <clears throat> I am holding in my hand a rectangular piece of plastic with some tape inside. Okay. About eight inches wide by four inches tall and about an inch deep. Okay, so it is a little tape recorder like Agent Cooper would hold. It's a it's a VHS tape. Oh, it's a VHS tape. Okay. I have a VCR sitting in front of my keyboard right gotcha. here. I've been digitizing oh, old oh. VHS tapes. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh boy. Um now I'll do some identity protection here, but would you like me to read the label? There's two labels. There's a face label and then a spine label. All right, let's read it. I, I'm, I'm a little worried, but go for it. Okay. The face label says, Chris, capital R, period, drunk. Okay. Then then says, Simpsons hyphen, prohibition. Okay. Then, then says, Lynch docum, period, and then in parentheses, lost highway. Okay. And then at, it says, 1 colon 50 colon 00, Jamie talk. Okay. 
that's the face label and then on the spine label i guess the face label wasn't into that whole brevity thing because the spine label says chris capital r period drunk okay so nothing too crazy there but i did watch the first like five minutes of this tape oh i'm so horrified (laughs) so horrified (laughs) that stuff is supposed to remain in the past man yeah you know what you may think you're done with the past but the past ain't done with you um it starts out in heather thur's apartment yes well that's where he was drunk i know what i feel i know what footage that is yeah right i I, boy i didn't remember it being there but that's where it was and everybody's drinking budweiser king of beers cans (laughs) hey why not of all things and uh it's I start off with a little disclaimer about how everyone's going to get drunk, but I'm not. I will be recording the evening. And then, you know, it's you and Scott Haslam and Chris Ratty and Heather and I think some other person that I didn't recognize. Maybe it's Heather's roommate or something. Okay. Okay. And I don't know. That's about as much... As I watched because I had to do something else. Wow. But then, like, I think Heather's like, why is he recording? And you're like, he records everything. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, this is going to be good. Yeah. We could at the very least put, like, a freeze frame, like a screen capture of uh, what you looked like then. Sure. But, yeah. This isn't gonna. This isn't for public consumption. That's for sure. No, definitely not. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I once I get it captured, if anything's worthwhile, I can send you some nugs. Sure. Sure. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> and that's only the that's the third tape I captured. Like, I probably have at least a hundred. Well, like I said, you recorded everything, so <laughs> you have a complete video record of our probably least proudest moments in our lives. I must have raw footage from 22, the last movie. Probably do. Fuck. Well, 22, the last movie, I don't think was necessarily shot. It was just like, let's edit some of your footage together. No, we shot some. We shot, we shot some. I mean, I think it was just like, what did you shoot on that day? That was like my birthday where I became 22. Let's, Oh, Put well, yeah. Together. Yeah, okay. Sure. That's fair. Yeah. But I don't, to be honest, I don't really remember how any of it came together. So, me either. You're, I think you're right. It's just like, what do we got to work with here? It's like I'm in that, uh, you know, working in that computer lab all night. No one's coming in. You know, I'm just there like the attendant. It's like, well, this computer lab has a, you know, Fucking video avid. editing computer. Right. You know, like, what does so it do? Let's, let's just, put an avid in this, like, hole-in-the-wall computer lab in this out-of-the-way building? I mean, it was not an Avid. It was an Avid cinema software. It was a computer that, you know, in retrospect, like, it's such a, you know, some Mac, like, Performa 8900. I mean, I don't even know what, like, those old Macs, you know. But it had the software Avid But at the time, it had a video capture card, you know, the little inputs, like, you Mm -hmm. know. Left, right, and video, those little RCA inputs on the Which back. Which, that's, that's the world. Yeah. That's the world right it there. It had that with a VCR already hooked up, and it had Avid Cinema, which was kind of like, you know, iMovie before right. it was iMovie. It was like, this is for everyday people to just, you know, have fun editing stuff. And it was. And we just went to town. We did a lot of shit on that. We did a lot of shit. We did the brewery, the brew movie. What was it? The, uh. Sobolchik's Oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Hops. Hops. Yeah. In the style of WR. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> we incorporated like footage from WR into it even. Oh my god. It was just like The History you know, of Microbrewery, it's called. Yes. WR the instead of history WR of, the history <laughs> of the organism. It's WR or WR the mystery of the organism. It was called was it called M- WR? MB. 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 The, the history of microbrewery. Yep. Shit. <laughs> and then we did the other one. I don't even... I just remember there's a bus <laughs> scene where we had uh, Buddy Holly playing along. Because that wasn't part of 22. That was something else. 
a bus scene with the Weezer song Buddy Holly? No, a Buddy Holly song every day. Oh. But what what is that? It's so it's somewhere in this tub of tapes. I, I have. remember us using that song in something. And the the blue sky was it, like. Was that used in the laundry movie? Could very well be. Because that could, was a that was like the you know intro film class, and it was like you have to make a movie that just explains the steps to a very simple everyday process. <laughs> so I that, made how to do laundry. Did? That was your submission for that project? Yeah. Luke's I mean, saying, it had the steps, like, but, you know, I put a lot of flowery stuff around it, like, you know, Chris in the dryer tumbling around and, uh, you know, giant dirty underwear. Like, you yeah. know, I got in the dryer to do that. That was fucking me in there. Yeah. Well, I think, didn't we film Chris going around and you got in to do like a POV shot? Maybe I didn't, maybe it was Chris in there, but yeah, I did the POV shot from within yeah. with the camera. Right. And I had to try to hold it still, still while I was spinning around. Yeah. Jesus. College, man. What a time. I was like, I was like please don't let this go for a long time and <laughs> yeah. kill me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just, you submitted a, explain the steps to a simple process and yours was how to do laundry basically and you had things like luke saying well i never wash my clothes i j usually burn them or throw them away <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> which is the first time i ever saw luke but i didn't actually see him i just saw him on screen mm -hmm. yeah it was like it was like a people on the street style thing like uh -huh. what do you do with laundry right yeah in the olden times, people didn't have washing machines, and Chris Ratty's out in the yard pounding his t-shirts with a rock. Right. <laughs> I think that's about all I remember. Yeah, oh, and Jamie singing Paradise City in his skivvies. Oh my god, I forgot about that part. Well, I'm gonna find it. It's gonna be captured. Yeah. I a think I might stuff. have that here. You might. Because when I moved in 2019... I did find a Trevor treasure trove of VHS tapes from that era, and I have them in a big Tupperware tub here with the idea that, oh, I'll have to convert these to digital someday. Well, I've got some time on my hands, so... Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll drive them down to you. Drive them on down, because I'm, I'm, I'm in that mode right now. Yeah. Gold, man. Gold. It was, yeah, it was gold. Some of those that were like produced as actual movies quote like unquote. what like, like the laundry uh, movie oh yeah that's sure, gold we tried. i think I, mean, I, think, I haven't watched it in 25 years but i think it's gold um i think 22 is gold i know you you're loath to it's so close look to at gold, yourself on but, the screen yeah yeah i think it's gold whatever everyone does but you how about that yeah. And you used to. I did used to. The problem is I make statements in that film that I just <laughs> cannot stand behind and I think are toxic nowadays with the benefit of hindsight. Like that that's ultimately I, my I issue. Get, I, I know. It's like a political thing. It's not really like anything I understand. Else. I understand. Women route your soul. I know I get it. <laughs> but you're just you're just asking the questions, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's where it all st we can trace it all back to right there when it all started to fall apart. You were just asking the questions. Yeah, but when you're just asking questions, then you can't get in trouble for it. Like, uh, you know, yeah, like exactly. talk talk. Exactly. You're just asking I was gonna questions. Say, or uh, Glenn G. Yeah. Just asking yeah, he's questions. Just, just asking questions, man. <laughs> What's wrong with that? That's a question. Isn't it? Another question. Well, Jim Bev, right? Am I right? You name your there? kid. You name your kid Jim Beveridge, and he doesn't have too many career paths open to him. He's going to be the head of a distillery, right? Or pop. If you name your kid Pop, <laughs> Jim Beveridge, he could be. He could. He could start a new pop brand. Why? Why? Why are you saying pop? I have no right idea now? why. God, I have no idea why. Fucking grossing me out. 
I guess I was thinking of when I was in Oklahoma, I stopped at Pops, which is one of these like kind of touristy on Route 66 places that uh, has, uh, you know, hundreds of different types of soda. Oh, that sounds like a dream. Giant neon like soda bottle on the front. Oh, man. That's in Oklahoma? Yeah. I want to go to there. Well, it's a short drive. Just probably take a couple days to get there. That's not too bad. That used to be my favorite part of traveling was going into the little convenience stores or wherever, gas station stores, and seeing what kind of strange alien sodas they had and candy bars. Like going in there, it's like, oh, I'm going to find something that I've never seen before. And sometimes you would. Sometimes you would. (sighs) I mean, I think it's pretty been pretty normalized by now unfortunately there's still cheerwine was there. the last great regional i know thing that i, I know I remember and that was awesome when i that boy when did i first become aware of that maybe like 15 years ago yeah it was somewhere in that range somewhere in that range 12 yeah. to 15 Heading years down ago. to outer banks it's like cheerwine yeah i think there's still some out there. so you didn't see any at pops Oh, I might have seen that at Pops, yeah. Cheerwine, no, no Cheerwine is still out there. I'm just no, saying. No, you didn't see any new stuff at Pops. Oh, yeah, lots of new stuff. Like, But, you know, oh, I think well, it's like, it's, you know, um, it's like the soda equivalent of like microbrewery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. I but know. yeah, I yeah, lots of like little, yeah, tons. Yeah, great. I still have a six, they had like build your own six packs. And I still have a six pack in the fridge here. But I'm just holding on to like it's like special. It's like, I'm not sure when I'm gonna open one of these. Oh, you haven't opened any of them yet. Um, what'd you get? I can't even remember. Well, go get it. How far? What way can it be? I, we can save it for next step. We can go through them. <sighs> All right. I'm gonna but, be on uh, tenter hooks now. I mean, I don't think there's anything outrageous in there, other than like yes, they're like like little you know custom brands and stuff. We but did I wasn't, get. I, a root beer. No, we didn't get the root beer. So we ate there because you could also kind of order food. They had like a little diner there. And, you know, they hyped up like the whatever, the special root beer. On whatever. tap, I hope. Yes. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And it was really good. I was like, I this bet is it was. an amazingly good root beer. But when we went to build our six packs, we were like, well, we want that root beer. Like, sorry, we're all out of it in bottles. Sons of mother like, bitches. Fuck. So I think I got some other root beer. Or maybe that same brand, but a soda that wasn't a root beer, like a grape soda or cream soda or something. Hmm. Yeah, like, I didn't, I wasn't even looking for anything outrageous, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, iguana-flavored soda. Right. I just wanted, like, different different shit it could still be root beer but like so-and-so's root beer and it's like oh my god i'm gonna try that yeah all of these are like special brands like that and there's also things that you've known about forever but you can't find really except in like (laughs) just what seemingly random places like moxie for instance Mm -hmm. the last time i saw moxie was in fucking vermont yeah. And I was like, holy shit, Moxie. Hell yeah, I'm getting some Moxie. And yep, that's about as I remember it. <laughs> Not go- that good, but definitely its own thing. Yeah, I just wanted shit like that. Didn't have to be yeah. crazy. Yeah, well, I'll bring that up. I think that's good. You know, we got to we gotta dole out the little contact nuggets. <laughs> we'll do it You're next right. week. You're right. Well, thanks for your note, Jack. Big Jack. Big Jack gave us a shout out. Uh, our little virusodes from last year kept him going, he says. Awesome. So glad, glad we could help, Jack. And oh, and also, I mean, I don't want to, I'll just say this because I don't want to m- make a thing out of it. We'll say that uh, Harley, who contacted us, yes. will not have to endure as much. Yes. Let's leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yes. And if you are listening right now and you want to, you know, contact us, send us a note, send us a note, head over to gutterballs.tv. No funny business. A little contact link. 
While you're there, buy one of our special mugs. Buy a fucking mug. Gutterball 001 commemorative mug. It's handsome love mug. It. Love that mug. Still love that mug. Marvel at that mug every morning. I go to get it, pour some coffee. I'm just like, fuck, I love this mug. You sink right in there. I do. It Feels was worth... Like you know, the, I feel it's almost like the culmination of doing this podcast for nearly 10 years is this mug. Like, it's distilled in that mug. It's distilled in that mug, for sure. We were going to do a whole series, episodes one through, you know, ongoing. Yeah. Well, I think maybe it we, might be time. We're getting close. Maybe we Maybe, maybe we for, do. like, holiday season this year, we go on to make another one. Maybe so. And, you know, maybe we don't have to go chronologically. Maybe not. We hey, could, like, if pick you a want, special episode. How about now. this? If if the, somebody out there wants a specific episode made into a mug, let us know. Yeah, let us know. Head over to gutterballs.tv slash contact. Let us know what episode you want to see on a mug. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, make we'll, it we'll, we'll tally up the results and see. And maybe we'll release a mug or maybe even two mugs. We'll see what happens. Uh, in time for the holiday season. The future is in your hands, dude. You'll count it up. Let's count it up. One. One, two, two, each three, distinguished three. We might have made a mess of things, but we're ready to take a rest and leave the future in your hands.